like that shit? We're gonna hang here for a second. You're welcome. What's up, guys? My guest today is The One Vortex, founder of the CryptoCast Network, puts out a ton of content on Bitcoin, has been in the space for a long time, Bitcoin educator, Bitcoin hyperbole, and this conversation was just an hour of nonstop enthusiasm about Bitcoin. So if that's what you're looking for, you're probably going to like this show. Final note, if you're a music creator, you want to hear your music on this intro, fire it over to me. I'll have a listen, and if it works, I'll put it on. I want to try to change this shit up a little bit not get stagnant and not get boring with the same intro and the same music every single time. So if you want to hear it on the show, let me know and uh, we'll see what we can do. Anyways, that is all. Enjoy the show. Let's do it. Thanks for doing this, man. It's, uh, I'm excited. I was just uh, been thinking about it all morning. It was just out for a run and uh, yeah, I was I was laughing to myself like nothing better than waking up, having a coffee, going for a run, and then talking about Bitcoin for a couple of <laughs> hours. You know, right, man? You can't beat that. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I know you've been you've been at this for a, a while, and uh, you got a ton of media output that you're doing, which I'd like to break into. But just for people that maybe aren't familiar with uh, you and what you do, why don't you give them the the rundown? Yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> excuse me, man. All right, we're gonna get we're gonna get this. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it's been. Um, yeah, it's been a long journey. Uh, so uh, basically, uh, so you know, I go by the pseudonym Vortex in the space. Uh, I've been in the space and stuff. I got in there for way back in there first uh, from a Silk Road article on um, on Slashdot. So I'm a developer and a web developer and a bit of a geek there. So it was already sort of coming across my purview on, on forums like Slashdot. So I, I found that and I wanted to check out Silk Road to see if that was real. And uh, holy crap, that was actually real. And I uh, couldn't couldn't believe it at first, so I wanted to take a look at it. And you know, just that's what just really Silk Road is what introduced me into into everything as far as economics, um, in, into Bitcoin, into you know um, uh, the whole anarchist playbook, just just everything you can sort of think of, just just understanding um, uh, life outside of the state, you know. And that's really uh, what, what brought me towards uh, more towards understanding more of Bitcoin, because what I realized, of course, is Silk Road wasn't the uh, wasn't the invention, of course, right? So what, what the invention was was Bitcoin, and so that's what uh, I really started getting into and focusing on and diving into. And the more I dove into it, it just kind of sort of slowly, like everybody else, you know, took over my life, took uh, exhausted the patience of my friends, family, <laughs> wife, and so on. Uh, so uh, <laughs> so at this point. Um, you know, this is basically all I can talk about. It sort of took over my Twitter feed uh, around 2014-ish, uh, 2013-2014-ish, and then um, uh, started the uh, my show in 2015 and brought that over to the World Crypto Network eventually. And then uh, just in 2018, started my own YouTube channel, uh, CryptoCast Network, and uh, just sort of been been in it ever since. Wow. All right. Lots to, uh, lots to unpack there. So, I mean, I think a lot of people resonate when you say, you know, it, you slowly you know, uh, it slowly took over all areas of your life. Is that part of the reason why you got into media? You know, because it is for me, right, that, that I just needed to have these conversations with people and there wasn't enough people in my, like, organic life to be able to, uh, to, be able to satisfy that desire. So that's absolutely one of the main reasons. The first reason, though, absolutely by far was the fact that just no mainstream media was covering it. And the ones that were were, were covering it very, very poorly, very, very poorly, in my opinion. So um, I felt that I had to just... There's nothing else I could do except just try to go ahead and um, uh, start talking about it because I was inspired by channels like the World Crypto Network. That was really what inspired me the most. People like Andreas and and of course um, uh, you know uh, Thomas over there, uh, Mad Bitcoins at World Crypto Network. So you know seeing these shows inspired me. I realized that you know what I have to get on a microphone. I can't uh, I can't I can't stay quiet about this. This is something that is going to change the world, and I at least want to say that I, uh, that I that I helped a little bit um, in getting the awareness out there because th this is again just just too important to humanity. Uh, Bitcoin is really taught me everything. I was already into computer science, but through Bitcoin, I uh, dove into economics, you know, um, finance, and and really all the other uh, areas that it sort of takes, like history um, as well, uh, to sort of figure out um, what what Bitcoin is in the context of what we have now and today. And of course, it is something entirely different, entirely new, entirely world changing. And uh, I just couldn't help it, but wanted to be a part of the conversation. And had you done media stuff before? Were you just basically compelled to to express yourself through this medium? 
Man, I, uh, I, I'm just a programmer. I'm just a geek. I'm just a web developer. Um, you know, I, I worked for a, a, a contract developer, freelance developer. So I worked for a lot of big companies. I worked for a lot of small companies. I worked for many, I had many, many different clients. And, you know, like for me, I, I've never did any type of podcast before that. Didn't even have a Twitter account really before Bitcoin. I only opened it to start doing some music stuff. And just a year later, bam, uh, found, found Bitcoin pretty much. So uh, it was a, it was a quick, tra- it was pretty much a quick transition. It, Took over my life rather rather quickly, and so yeah, nothing, uh, uh, no no content creation, nothing like that before Bitcoin. Didn't speak to really anybody, but of course my family, like every other regular person, it was uh, <laughs> didn't know, I didn't have any contacts, you know, never started any businesses, didn't didn't know anybody, nobody, definitely no, um, you know, quant or you know, uh, wall, hedge fund manager on Wall Street wanted to talk to me, that's for sure, and so it was, uh, it was just just a regular regular life before Bitcoin. Yeah. And where does Vortex come from? What's, what's the meaning behind that? So the name really is just my gamer tag uh, for back yeah. back from high school. Uh, that's what I've always used. Um, and so the, that was where the name is from. The reason for the, you know, the pseudonymous nature there is really um, because I, I saw sort of what was happening with the traditional finance and the, the traditional media world where you're pretty much, you know, you're just a, you get up there and, you know, you're a regular person, you're, you have a name, you're just pretty much another uh, face in a sea of suits. Like you're literally just another, just another face, just another name, just another suit, in my opinion. And so uh, I didn't really want to be that. I wanted to be something different, where I could be some type of symbol, and uh, you know, for Bitcoin or, or a symbol for Bitcoin. Not, not, you know, maybe not represent Bitcoin itself, of course, but just something that is, is, is um, something that that people can look at and be like, okay, you know what, that is, uh, that's something that I want to be a part of. And uh, and that is um, for me uh, more important than trying to, you know, get on all the mainstream media and and things like that I figured if people would listen to somebody named vortex uh, then they, they would really want to be they would really be wanting to pay attention they would really they would, they would be there to, to see like what the heck is all about because no regular normal sane person would ever listen to anybody's anybody <laughs> anything had to say when their name is vortex right so you know so I figured out that would be uh, that would be the way that I would come at this um, from from me um, from a media standpoint, yeah, and and a personality standpoint. One of the things I'm I'm fascinated by on my own journey of of you know producing content uh, is the kind of the evolution of how you express yourself, right? And we all have a different perspective and and have different uh, ways of expressing ourselves. And uh, I'm just curious, you know, because you've been at it so long and you you came at it from absolutely no media expression prior to that, which is my case as well. You know what's what's the journey been like in terms of uh, well yeah like how have how has it evolved how have how has the expression or how you choose to express yourself evolved if at all since you've been doing it yeah it's really interesting like with anything you know practice makes perfect you get better as you as you start practicing uh, you become more comfortable and of course any public speaking person can, will, will tell you this you know you just it just takes practice you just got to go out there and eventually you know you can be comfortable speaking to an audience of hundreds and then thousands and uh, it's really all it really all comes down to the same thing it's uh, a bit of confidence a bit of comfortableness and a bit of um, passion right so that was that's really the the big driver behind behind me again is the message and so yeah it's been pretty crazy I remember talking to Tone Vase way back Back in like 2014, we're like, and Tone had like 500, or no, Tone had two 2,000 followers, and I had around 500. I'm like, man, how do I get to 2,000 followers? That's <laughs> that would be some influence uh, that I could be able to use to spread the word of Bitcoin and and try to get more information out there about Bitcoin. And so you know, it, it's been a crazy journey. Um, I guess you might, <clears throat> excuse me, call me like I. Uh, Bitcoin celebrity, but of you know, or an influencer, but of course, I hate all of those names with the passion of a burning of ten thousand suns, you know. So uh, it's 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 something that that just comes with the territory of, of having a, uh, a a bit of a larger soapbox than than the than the average person, and of course, I try to you know use that as much as possible. You know, there, there's a saying, of course, that you know you the higher you are up on the tree, the more everybody can see, the more people can see your ass, right? So I want to make sure that um you know I don't just you know get a Get an ego, get a fat head, or anything like that. Everything I uh, on the feed, on the on the Twitter feed, there is is definitely aimed towards education, towards information, um, towards spreading awareness. And so, of course, I, I do my average. You know, I have a shit post every once in a while, like everybody else, because I'm human. But you know, really, uh, it, the goal of the of the account is to try to spread awareness to Bitcoin, but not just Bitcoin, but why Bitcoin, and that's a really big important um, cause for me, and uh, and that's really what what the account is about. 
Yeah, well, that much is totally clear, man, because, you know, anybody listens to you for, you know, 60 seconds and they can feel the passion spewing out of you, you know, like the, <laughs> the, the rate at which you articulate these things is, is pretty impressive. You know, I, I saw, obviously, I've seen some of your videos and I watched the debate uh, between you and another guy, I think it was done a couple months ago or fairly recently, it seemed. And, uh, you know, I think that was, might've been David Gerard. Sorry. Uh, the, yeah. The author of the 50 foot blockchain. Yeah. That guy's a no coiner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The guy with the octopus shirt on, right. Was that him? Yep, that's yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Him. And I just like, every time it was your turn to speak, you were just like, boom, as soon as it was your turn. And, you know, so I, I appreciate that. And I can tell it comes from like a genuine passion and, and belief in, in this thing. And that's, that's such a cool aspect of this space and that, you know, there's always going to be opportunists and to, to a degree, each of us are opportunists because there's, there's multiple reasons why we're, we're doing the things that we're doing. But I just love how, you know, th this thing that we're all dancing around, Bitcoin, is just inspiring us to, you know, be set on fire in various ways, whether that be podcasting, vit content creation, coding, education, writing books, writing articles, and a million other things that I'm sure are going to become apparent and come online in, over the next few years. But I just love, uh, I love the passion that this thing inspires. It's amazing. It absolutely is. I mean, it's incredible. You see, you go to the conferences and you see these people starting companies. You see people leaving their jobs for this, uh, for this business, for the space, for this cause, uh, and for Bitcoin. And it's just amazing to see these people around the world all contributing to this open source thing. And of course, there's incentive, right? There's personal incentive because you know Bitcoin uses greed for good. And it, it is absolutely amazing how it does this with its incentive structure and its game theory. And so, of course, I want uh, Bitcoin to succeed for, for for humankind so we can actually have a new golden age of free trade. But I also want it you know, to succeed so that I am personally uh, am better off, right, so that I, my family is better off and so that my family's family can be better off and my children and my children's children and on and on, right? So so there's there's this is what a part of the genius behind what drives the part of the genius behind Bitcoin itself, behind the protocol, behind the incentive structure, and all of the constitu uh, constituents that make up Bitcoin—the wallets, the developers, the miners, the exchanges, and and the and the the users. So it's it's really great to see all of these people chiming in, all of this work being done. I mean, you see you see people like Jack Mallers uh, of the Zap Wallet. You see the Mallers family, you know, start to uh, invest in this. Uh, Jack in the wallet, the LN Zap uh, wallet, which is just amazing because, of course, you can see now we're having fiat ramps uh, on and off with with wallet powered by the Lightning Network, thanks to people like Jack and his hard work, like a year long straight, pretty much, of getting through the regulation and the red tape uh, to to have an actual competitor to something like Coinbase. So, I, yeah, it's I can't uh, you know I can't say that I'm I just couldn't be more proud to be in a community of these type of passionate people because in the end at the end of the day we're 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 trying to build a better world here. We're trying to build a better money. We're trying to fix money. Uh, this is the generation uh, alive right now that is going to fix money. That you know this is this is literally the uh, the the time where we can turn it around and where we can uh, start uh, anew. This will be looked back as a turning point. It was gonna, it's basically going to be pre-Bitcoin and then post-Bitcoin world, just like there's sort of a pre-internet world and a post-internet world. And really, you know, Bitcoin is just, is just this kind of third wave of the internet itself. It's just, uh, it's, it's powered by the internet. The only reason why we can do all this, why I can express myself like you, like we are right now on this podcast and, and everything like that is because of the internet, the power of the internet. And really, so we have to really take it back to that because this is the, the paradigm shift that brought us uh, Bitcoin. And really, we have to look at it for uh, parallels and for comparisons, uh, you know, with things like network effects, uh, because they are both protocols. And so really, you look at this, the space, and you see how fast it grows. And then you look at lightning, you see how fast that's growing. And then you just, you know, you, you can see you can make these comparisons to the internet itself to mobile, you know, to PCs, uh, to uh, uh, um, before and then before, uh, you know, electricity before that, and then cars and then trains. This is uh, a global changing technology. And of course, a uh, going to be an end result of one of the world's largest, if not the world's largest wealth transfers the history has ever, that mankind has ever seen. So this is an absolutely huge thing. And this is why uh, people are passionate at people like uh, Plan B that are, you know, putting out models like the stock to flow model. Uh, you just have all the people like Trace Mayer, the OGs uh, uh, that have just been in the space forever and now trying to make huge amounts of change in Wyoming, just all at his own dime, right? I mean, this is, this is, nobody's paying Trace to Nobody's paying Trace or Caitlin Long to go and, and make all these, uh, make all this amazing regulation, make all this amazing um, red tape, hopefully easier for Bitcoiners, right? Just make life easier for Bitcoiners in general. So yeah, I, I can't, uh, I can't see, I can't, I really, uh, in my opinion, I, I can't see a better 
path for Bitcoin. Bitcoin is healthier and stronger than it's ever been because the community is healthier and stronger than it's ever been. Yeah, I mean, I think you raise a lot of uh, great and exciting points there. But one of them is just to touch to kind of put a cap on the the way in which this thing draws people in. I mean, obviously, there's there's several reasons, but you mentioned, you know, this is a, a, a very pivotal moment in time, it seems. If we're right, you know, I always, the caveat is like, yes, it's definitely possible. We're all wrong. We're just kind of, you know, uh, idealistic and we got into this and we thought it was one thing. It turned out to be another and whatever. Are we really going to be shit on that much in the eyes of history for wanting something better? I don't think so, right? So, but if we're right, then it really is a, p a pivotal moment in, in human history. And uh, I think once you realize, once you start to see what Bitcoin is, you know, you go down the proverbial rabbit hole, uh, you get to a certain depth, I guess. I think a lot of us start to think like, can I afford, you know, in terms of the eyes of history, not to be involved in this? Like when I'm talking to my grandkids and they know I was around during this time and I didn't, I wasn't excited about this. I didn't contribute to this in some way. I didn't help build. I didn't help develop. I didn't help educate. Uh, I didn't engage in it in some capacity in my own life. Like, that's going to be an embarrassing conversation if I have to say no to them. Like, no, kids, you know, I didn't really, because in hindsight, if we're right, again, caveat, if we're right, it's going to be the most obvious thing ever because, you know, people are going to look back at the existing financial system and the existing monetary ten standard we have now and then compare it to, you know, Bitcoin and going to be like, uh, fuck, like clear as day. Look at the tech. Look at the attributes. Look at the soundness of the money. Look at the community built around it. Look at how people were willing to devote their lives for free to contribute to open source projects. Like, wasn't the writing on the wall? And if you got to tell your grandkids, like, no, like, then it's, I'm not willing to be that person, you know? So I'd rather be wrong and, you know, be labeled an idealist than be, uh, wait, what am I saying there? I'd rather, <laughs> well, well I, I, I'd rather I mean, take the risk I mean, of being an idealist and being wrong than uh, not having been involved in, in such a, a revolutionary thing. That might have not come out correctly, but you know no, what I'm saying. No, it's absolutely true. Like, I mean, look, look, predictions are hard, guys. Like, if you look, 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 look at all the '80s future movies, right? Look at them all. They're, we're using fax machines in in um, in in Back to the Future, and then of course in Blade Runner, the guy is getting charged per second for his video call by AT and T. Look, uh, the predicting the future is hard. Nobody, and I mean nobody, almost predicted the internet. Certainly not Hollywood. Certainly not a, a, a bunch of the futurists out there that claim to be futurists. And so, so look, predictions are hard, but there comes along these world-changing technologies that some people can see as uh, that some people can see the end result of that some people can take to a logical conclusion. If we look at the internet, it is simply, simply, if we look at it in hindsight, a logical conclusion to the telecoms industry it started all the way back with the telegraph. This is this is this is the logical end conclusion is the internet itself real time video voice communication next of course will be the holodeck I suppose that would be the next uh, of the VR experience will be the next thing but 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 still you can you can you can see this uh, and then when we look at Bitcoin you can see the similarities with these network effects it is another protocol and you can see that if it does do what the internet did which is um, free infor uh, which is go going to be free finance like the internet freed information. Then you can sort of can kind of kind of put two and two together. Okay, well, the internet allow anybody to be anything, right? You can you can be a podcaster, you can be a DJ, you can be a journalist, you can be a you know whatever you want, whatever you want to do, you can do that because of the internet. Uh, you know, even like uh, you know producers and and get all this great information. And now with finance, well, you can you can do whatever you want. You can be your own bank. You can invest in exchanges. You can invest, or, sorry invest in you know digital stocks. You can do all these things. So it is a when you look at it to, to its logical conclusion, Bitcoin is this democratization of finance like the Internet was this democratization of information. And so to look back and uh, to look back and um, not see those properties, I can understand it's difficult. Right. We know that Bitcoin is a, a this this intermediate of all of these different disciplines, computer science. Uh, you know, economics, uh, history, uh, finance, and, and just uh, cryptography, mathematics, on and on it goes, right? So uh, when we look back, we can sort of understand a little bit, but the people that are actually in finance, the people that are actually in computer science, absolutely. Like you guys, if you guys have missed Bitcoin, you know, 10 years from now, you will be kicking yourself. And when we're talking about people like in finance, I mean, like like fund managers and people and money managers, people are man managing millions of dollars. Like 
where were you? Where were you, bro? Like when we saw Bitcoin be have the highest sharp ratio, when we saw Bitcoin stock to flow model, when we saw Bitcoin gains hundreds of thousands of percent from its inception, where where were you? When when you saw these properties of monetary soundness, of mon uh, the ability to have individual sovereignty, this finite cap, this ability to validate the entire net the entire network with a Raspberry Pi, where were you? Right, you're going to have to start. People are going to ask this question because this is your fiduciary duty to your customers to be able to 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 invest in things and to be able to make them money and to be able to you know do your job. This is this is what people are going. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to look back and they're going to absolutely be very embarrassed. Just like there was a lot of people that looked back and was very embarrassed that they missed the right that they missed the dot com that they missed the Amazons and they missed the Googles and even look even technology even companies like Microsoft missed the internet. Right, Google took over. If, if 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 Microsoft hadn't missed the internet, Google wouldn't exist, and so everybody misses something, right? So Microsoft missed the internet. Google missed mobile. Uh, uh you know, or uh, yeah, Google missed mobile essentially, and then oh no, sorry, Google missed social, and then Facebook missed mobile. So you got Microsoft missing the internet. You got you got Google missing social. You got uh, Facebook missing mobile, and on on and it goes. So, so everybody's going to miss something. That's the beautiful part about opportunity, right? And in this world, you can always find something if you're passionate about it. If you do your you do your research and you look and you look at something, you want to you want to make a change. You want to help something. You can look at and find out all the different avenues to take. Bitcoin is this is one of these avenues. And again, we have huge people investing in Bitcoin at this moment. We have options markets, right? We have futures markets. Uh, we have uh, endowment. We have some of the large, some of the smartest people in the uh, financial world talking about Bitcoin. So where were you? Yeah. This is a question that people are going to ask. Yeah, and probably be especially unkind to people like Peter Schiff. That not only you know <laughs> you don't have to say where were you. It's like what were you thinking, being so adamantly opposed. Uh, but we'll see how it plays out. But that is one of the reasons why I you know I I think we all have this um, need to be at the frontier of this thing because. With something that's so new and so um, with so much potential, I don't think it's possible to see too much in front of your own nose, right? Like you might, you might be able to see where a trend is going over the next year or two, but like if you if you said in '94, '95 that everybody was going to be their own media publisher and be recording, you know, a huge part of their lives via Instagram stories or via YouTube channels and stuff like that, you would have been like, no, that doesn't even make, like, there's not enough bandwidth and, like, people aren't going to want to do that and privacy and transparency and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, slowly but surely, that's what materialized, predicated on the fundamental attributes of the technology. And so I don't know what Bitcoin is going to turn into. And I, you know, I talk about this all the time. Maybe it's overkill, but, you know, these conversations are just kind of smashing together narratives and seeing which ones have the most gravity. And then we, we, we chew on that for a little while. And then maybe it morphs and changes. Maybe it solidifies, you know. And there's several examples of that over the previous 10 years of, of, of Bitcoin's first 10 years. But, you know, I'm just excited to be like at the front row seat. Like, that's why I'm here, because I want to be like, what the fuck is this thing? You know, like, and, and it, it is, it takes a lot of work to keep up, uh, especially if you're going to be in the space and, and talking with people about this kind of stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm certainly not the most informed person, uh, you know, on, on the technology or on what all this is, but I'm, I'm stimulated by it just because there's like a, it instills a, a bizarre form of faith where you don't know exactly what it's going to be. You just know it's probably going to morph and change into something that's really important, impactful, and a, a phenomenal tool. And I guess poss possibly because our generation has the internet to look back on and say like, wow, that was a super, super big change. Uh, and it, it wasn't apparent at the beginning exactly how it would manifest 20 years down the line. And we have that right behind us to say, we should probably consider Bitcoin in a similar vein. Like, okay, we know this is a big, big deal. We don't know how it's going to manifest in 10, 20 years, but it's probably going to it's probably worth our while in all respects, financial, reputational, social, to, you know, be strapped in at the front and, and trying to, to keep up with this stuff as it moves. Absolutely. And remember, we're all we're all learning together. You know, this is this is this is brand new stuff. This is a brand new paradigm. I like to say all the time that it's very early days, guys. Like this is really, really early days. This is only the first 10 years. The first 10 years is the experiment. The next 10 years is when Bitcoin can really hop on that global stage. 
But uh, you know, this this takes patience. This takes a, a a time preference that is not suited to most people who are just living off that drip of paycheck to paycheck. So you really, uh, once you start learning about Bitcoin, not only do you have to do your normal amount of learning, like something new, but it actually does, and it will shift your entire line of thinking around money because money is so important. It touches every part of our lives. That means that everybody's affected by money, and they don't. Most people don't even understand it. So we have to. We can't. We can't anticipate or expect every single person to be there own bank just like you know not every single person today is a youtuber either but um the the possibility is there the opportunity is there and that is what is important so this is what bitcoin can do so if you know even if you don't like i didn't invest in amazon personally or google i was too young but i benefit from their services every day so the same will be true you know with bitcoin but it the i think what you touched on is we don't know what bitcoin is going to become it's impossible to predict but what we do know is that it's going to be better than what we have this is the fifth abstraction of money this is the uh the greatest form of money that mankind has ever seen this is triple entry uh bookkeeping this is a paradigm shift this is um um a worldwide global heartbeat that 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 goes off every 10 minutes a state that the entire planet can agree on every 10 minutes that is absolutely unheard of this ledger that everybody and i mean everybody around the world can agree on every 10 minutes that that from that you can build uh, an entirely new civilization. And this is the stuff that we start looking forward to when we start thinking about the future of Bitcoin. But again, it is so early. And so I always like to think about Bitcoin and as far as its time history and its and its future in terms of havings. So like 2024, where where will it be? 2028, where will it be? And, and so forth. And if you look at it, you know, we can see sort of this uh, this this trend, a mini trends in Bitcoin, where it's going. And if you look, if you pay attention, you can sort of see like, look, by 2024, governments have to be holding this stuff like they hold gold and like they hold other assets up because the world will be settling contracts and the world will be settling most everything or a lot of things in Bitcoin because it's cheaper, better and faster than the traditional system. Just like the internet is cheaper, better, faster than traditional systems like the phone line and faxes and so on. So when you then you look around 2028 and then you start to see okay well now you know this now multiple countries are 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 involved in Bitcoin and have probably started some kind of currency local currency based off of Bitcoin backed by Bitcoin and and just on and on it goes. Um we 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 we, we as a species do want to continuously do better. We do try to do better but we ha we all, we always experiment. We constantly experiment. Where the whole financial system right now, with negative interest rates and 17 trillion plus dollars of you know of negative yielding bonds, like this is this is an experiment. You think Bitcoin is an experiment? No, the traditional financial system is the experiment. So uh, we don't know that uh, it's going to. We don't know what Bitcoin is going to become, but we do know that this experiment is going to lead to much better things than our current experiment. Yeah, 100 percent. And I think a lot of people, you know, I was speaking with uh, Ben Prentice yesterday, uh, who who uh, created this co-created the site uh, WTF happened in 1971. Right. And I think that's such an important point that the existing, <clears throat> excuse me, monetary system is an experiment. It's and it's a, a very radical one. And uh, I think, again, looking through the lens of history, what's 50 years through the lens of history? It's, it's nothing, you know? Like when we look at historical periods, the Roman Empire or the, the Egyptian civilization or Sumeria, like 50 years is not, like we don't even consider anything to have changed in a period like that. So, you know, I think people, again, looking back with the hindsight of history will say like, you know, wow. Not again, wasn't that I mean, what a short lived experiment. And look, look at the damage that it did in its in the duration of time that it operated in. And look, like, I don't intend to be too negative because I'm, you know, I'm happy and healthy. And a lot of, you know, a lot of people today are have are more comfortable than any, you know, period prior. But I think, again, the, the, the drawback, the ways in which the this monetary experiment um, kind of dampened you know, human productivity and, and uh, expression and creativity and production will be apparent in the future when we look back on it, especially through the lens of a far more productive uh, monetary standard, you know. So even though now, you know, that, and that's the, the quote unquote tyranny of the status quo, you know, we can't really, it's very difficult to see outside the times that we're in. And that's why history repeats itself. And that's why, you know, uh, we, we, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. We, we're so accustomed to perceiving reality through the lens of story, you know, and TV and media is a big part of this, right? Like we watch a movie and the reason why we're sucked into it and we, you know, our brain tells us it's real for the time that we're watching it 
is because it's it's told in story, and that's what we get every single time. TV, movie, TV, movie, TV, movie, and so I think a lot of people have a difficult time perceiving the the real state of the you know their material lives, reality, because it's not told in a narrativized story type of way. It's not condensed in the way that we're usually uh, we usually receive these narratives, and as a result, I think you know it uh, it uh, causes a lot of us to not perceive clearly this the reality of our circumstances and this allows us to maybe be taken advantage of in certain ways this allows us to maybe be complacent and apathetic in certain ways this allows us uh, to not be as uh, you know not be as disruptive about certain things as we might be and you know many other manifestations of not seeing uh, you know the reality of our lives clearly and so I think uh, yeah I think and we only do so in hindsight. It's only, it's only narrativized in hindsight. That's why, you know, people have such an arrogant view of history, like, how come they didn't see that? And I couldn't, why did that happen? I can't believe they made the same mistake again. It's like, well, because it wasn't part of the narrative of history in the current moment when it was happening. So uh, it, was, it was much harder to see. So I agree. I think, I, you know, I think this current time in history, all, though right now everyone just says, what, it's normal, it's normal, isn't it? It's totally fine. Uh, you know, with uh, with just a, a few decades probably of hindsight, uh, the majority of people will look back and say, "Man, that was how the hell did we get ourselves in in that kind of a mess? That was a real that that, that doesn't seem to make sense." You know, it's absolutely true. I mean, it, uh, people have to realize too that a lot of this is, of course, by design, right? We don't get taught financials in high school, right? We don't get taught about economics in high school, and even in the uh, in the in the later. Uh, schools like the colleges, you get mostly taught Keynesian economic theory and, and things that, you know, are uh, and, uh, very, very streamlined, uh, you know, narratives that don't really go outside the box and that contribute to this idea of a fiat society, as Safety Dean likes to say in his book a lot in the Bitcoin Standard. You know, we we have a fiat society with fiat food and fiat art. And you look around and really it's it everything stems from the money. This is why I believe that, you know, Bitcoin fixing uh, Bitcoin fixing money will fix society because Money is one of the most important parts and tools of society itself. So if we can fix money, we can essentially fix most of society. And this is what Bitcoin, one of the promises of Bitcoin is that, if, again, if we can fix this money where all the problems stem from, then we can hopefully fix all those uh, systemic issues. And, uh, you know, Bitcoin for the first time allows us to make sure that history doesn't get rewritten. Right. This is the first time we can actually look back on the blockchain years and years. We can look back for, for, for centuries and potentially thousands of years and look back and say, have this history of, of transactions that cannot be altered. This is, the again, another first for, the, for, for, for mankind to have this history that cannot be changed. This cannot be altered because we all know, of course, you know, those who can rewrite the history, right, control the future uh, and, the, and the present. So this is another promise of Bitcoin, the fact that we can no longer uh, rewrite history. This is really, really, really important economically speaking. And, you know, people, again, they're just used to this fiat type of way of life. We used to, we have, um, we used to use yesterday's money to build tomorrow's future. We used to have, we used to have families of generations of families contribute to an estate and grow an estate larger and larger and larger. Uh, this is just what was done. We used to think about time, uh, time moved slower, but we used to think about time much different. We used to think about, you know, decades into the future instead of um instead of just this this every two week type of situation uh for sure you know this is this is a manifestation of this type of fiat world uh, that we live in and um you know yes of course the world is better than it's ever been and that's that's true i mean if you look at you follow different twitter accounts you can get all sorts of different statistics about how the world is better much 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 better than we were and and it absolutely is true we it is is far 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 better in many many ways a little bit worse than a couple others but most of the ways it's all it's by far better but here's the here's the kicker here we cannot move any more we cannot move forward any more than what we are with our current system the current system has to go we have to build something new something better something uh, more modern something that can uh, easily uh, lend itself and facilitate a global society a global society a space bearing society a futuristic society a star trek like society this is what bitcoin can sustain and, and can create and can promote and so 
this is, you know, uh, again, another promise of Bitcoin. So we can't move forward unless we have a new paradigm shift, a new system. And I think Bitcoin is really the system that can power our financial system for the next thousand years. This can get us to the next level of society. This can get us to an M0, maybe class society, maybe perhaps one day M1. And this is, um, you know, this is what, what forward people like Elon Musk are thinking about, uh, you know, what, what software developers like Bill Gates are thinking about. You know, he was thinking about software uh, on, on every single in every single home. Nobody was thinking about this. Bill Gates was thinking about software in every home because he was thinking about it like a tool. And Bitcoin is another tool of society that we can use to build the next level. And this is what we do. We stand on the shoulders of giants, right? We use the previous technology to build the next technology. And this is what allows for these exponential S-curves in, in, in many of the technologies that we see today, like like networking, right? We Our internet keeps getting faster and our computers keep getting faster and so on and so forth. So uh, we can see uh, the, the paradigm, we, we can see the paradigm shift, we can see the, the, the actual trends and where we're going. And if we choose to use Bitcoin, if the world chooses Bitcoin, then we will, for the first time, you know, ha have something something entirely different, an entirely truly free world, free of co uh, free of, of tyrannical control from central banks, a world where anybody is free to transact with another, and that is a world that is a promise that I can get behind. That is something that we can dream about. That is something that we can help bring into fruition, and that is something that I think every Bitcoiner has in the back of their mind as a possible future for this world. Fuck. Yeah. Well said, man. What's uh, <laughs> before we go on? What's M0 and M1 in terms of types of civilization? Yeah. So these are classes of civilizations um, that, that scientists uh, classify as basically how much energy you can control. And the, the Earth is not even M0. We're, we're not even zero yet. So as far as how much, because M0 means you can control a whole planet. M1 means you can control a whole star. I think M2 means you can control a whole galaxy. Like and you on, can, on, on, on. you can like har harvest the energy that can harness the energy. Harness. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Everything you just said was awesome. But uh, what, what do you see <laughs> the, uh, the transition looking like? Uh, this gets, you know, this is a subject of a, a lot of discussions because, um, you know, Disrupting media was one thing, right? And and for sure, I mean, media is such a powerful thing, as I'm sure you noticed uh, in the, in your capacity uh, as someone who puts out content. And you know, can, like any tool, can be used for for bad or good. Um, but you know, media was and is an incredibly uh, influential aspect of society. And certainly over the last twenty years, um, just the diversity of new uh, points of expression, I guess we'll call them, that have emerged onto the system have really disrupted and diluted the influence and power of the, the legacy media system, right? It still exists and it still exerts a fair degree of influence. But, I mean, the amount of other people creating media and the amount of ideas that are just flying, you know, through the air at any given time has ex exploded exponentially. And so, but the media industry, let's say, was a big, powerful industry but the you know the final boss is is the money right the people who control the money and so how do you see um you know this transition from the experiment that we're currently running and the people that uh, you know benefit from that and the type of world that you were just uh, describing yeah, so it's going to be a bit of a rocky <laughs> transition, like all transitions were. It wasn't such an easy transition, you know, from cars, uh, from horses to cars. It wasn't such an easy transition from traditional, you know, candlelight to electricity and on and on. You know, uh, it, it takes a generation. These are really this is generational changes. It takes the next generation to fully um, utilize the exponential technologies of the current generation. So it really is going to take uh, some time. And again, I like to say, <laughs> I like to remind people, this is early days, and this will play out over decades. So it is going to be a bit of a rocky transition. As you know, the current system has so many holes in it. So the, the water is seeping in <laughs> at this point. Uh, it's getting crazy. And so again, this this experiment that, that we spoke about earlier is, is going uh, sort of off the rails in, in insanity. Nobody really thought this was even possible, our current state uh, that we're in right now. And so uh, really, it's it that system is has to die anyway. And that would that's going to be painful. So that's going to be a bit uh, that's going to be a bit rocky and a bit painful. It's probably going to be anywhere between six to, to 12 times more um, devastating and costly than the 2008 world financial crisis. But nevertheless, it will allow us to get into the next phase, which is a much more positive phase. Because you see, the the last bubble that we got out of, we just got out of by printing more money by making a bigger bubble. 
So the next time, uh, they, you know, they're going to try to make another bubble, of course, as always, they're going to try to make, you know, the traditional financial system, the, uh, the central banking cartel, Bank of International Settlements, they're going to try to make another bubble. But this time, this time, for the first time in humanity's history, we have a choice of a, of a, of a we have an exit sign, we have an option to be able to opt out of this current insanity that, that is this current financial system. We have an exit sign and people will flee for this exit sign now that we have this option. I mean, it's just, it's again, it's just so, it's so much better than what we have now that pe uh, when people find out about this stuff, uh, they're going to actually jump ship. So, you know, you're talking about disrupting media and versus disrupting finance. Absolutely disrupting finance is gonna be more crazy. I mean, if you think about it, what, what's more important to you, your email or your bank account? Right. It's absolutely going to be your bank account, hands down. Uh, so the money, so this, that's absolutely going to be crazy. But look, the kids are already doing this. We already have digital money. We've had gold, gold in World of Warcraft for over a decade, right? So you know the the younger generations are already used to these multiple currencies, and all many of the that come out today all have multiple, not one, not two, but three, four, five plus currencies in these video games. And this, these youth, uh, these younger generations, the youth are completely and totally used to it. So, you know, it, it, it's not going to be much of a huge change for them, but for the current generation, it is going to be a bit of a, a big red pill to swallow. It's going to be very difficult and they're going to have to, um, have answer some hard questions yeah. about themselves. So we're gonna, it's gonna, we're gonna see. It's gonna be very interesting. We're gonna see how it plays out, but it, it, it will be rough. But it will, will not last long because people don't, you know, they want what's bad. Ultimately, everybody wants some what's good for the for their family and their neighborhood and and their their fellow humans, right? So ultimately, it will uh, play out okay. But uh, it's going to be a bit of a rocky transition, and you know, Bitcoiners might even be hated for a while because you know, Bitcoin might be one of the scapegoats that they're uh, going to use as, as to why the traditional financial system system is collapsing and things like that but it'll be very temporary it won't be very long uh so again a little bit rough for a little while but look we are stealing fire from the gods people this is this is this is not going to be easy we have an uphill battle to go this will play out over decades so if you are at all you know worried about about possibly you know all of your savings in Bitcoin going to zero, then you have to get out now because this is an experiment, just like the traditional financial system is an experiment. But this time we have a chance to do something good, to do something outside the state for the first time, have an option to have something uh, to have our own money and individual sovereignty of something that the state cannot freeze, control, or take away from you. So uh, the absolutely the final boss is. The tradition is basically the central banking cartel, the the Federal Reserves and the Bank of International Settlements and and these types of things, um, uh, the International Monetary Fund, right? This is this is the final battle, uh, the final boss and the final battle. But ultimately, guys, look, they can't stop the world, right? They're not the entire world. The whole world is going to choose this. Only like what 30, 35 percent of the entire world is on the internet right now. There's going to be a billion more people online within the next couple of years. The youth is going growing up with all these multiple currencies. The youth is growing up with crypto. You know, um, I think that the, the the transition will probably be smoother than most actually think it will be. But at the end of the day, this is a paradigm shift and this is a generational shift. And really, we just won't know uh, how smooth it went until the next generation is, is using this like it like it was here forever. God damn it, dude. You got my heart going over here. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm trying to keep it light here, but, you know, I just, uh, we're talking about Bitcoin. I fucking love it. Um, yeah, man. I mean, fuck. Everything. Again, well well said. Um, you know, and I wonder, that's that's one of these one of the central questions that I, that I, that has been coming up recently is that, you know, to, to borrow the media example again, the, there, there wasn't as much pressure on the on the legacy media system like like they weren't they weren't in threat of destroying themselves there was just other alternatives that were coming up and then they compete in the open market right so like for example my mom still reads the newspaper you know i i, I don't know if the last time i picked up a physical paper newspaper but it's still available there because there's still some of the market but with, with you know with this transition it could very much very possibly be the case that the legacy system destroys itself, right? And then people are actually forced to 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 go to a solution like Bitcoin. What what's your take on that? Yeah, so I think that the innovation will be pushed out to the edges. You know, it'll um, we will we will flatten we will flatten the world just like we've did uh, with just like the internet did with information. So it will flatten the financial world, and that by no means makes it smaller. Look what look what happened to the media industry now. 
it's bigger than it ever was because of the internet, thanks to the internet. And finance will be bigger than it ever was uh, thanks to Bitcoin. So the internet gave us the world's largest shopping mall, the world's largest library, and so on and so forth. They will give us the world's largest financial market. And anybody, and I mean anybody, can participate, just like anybody can have an email address. Anybody can have a website. So so this stuff is, um, you know, it, it, you can't really stop <laughs> at this point. You can't stop the train. The train has left the station. This is already the trajectory that we're going to go down. The only the only uh, question is how big will it get? You know how will how big how much will the world choose? How much of this Bitcoin silo that is currently empty will get filled up uh, by value from these traditional assets? And like you're, and look, you're right. Uh, you know banks will still be around in some form, just like fax machines are still around, right? Uh, just like you said, newspapers are still around. They're still around. But they are, for the most part, entirely irrelevant uh, for, for modern working society. So that's essentially what banks in their current form, the central banks in their current form will be. They will essentially become at some point entirely irrelevant and replaced by something better, something faster, better, cheaper, something more accessible. And uh, so this is um, the, 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 essentially what happens is we trim the fat. So what happened with the media is uh, with the Internet, it trimmed all the fat and then rebuilt basically from the ground up, like just a whole new industry and so essentially this is what will happen with bitcoin where the central banks they're going to have to play by bitcoin's rules or they're going to have to get out right so so they're going to have to you know participate in the mining they're going to have to participate in the network they're going to have to run a node they're going to have to do these things because bitcoin's not going because it doesn't give you a choice just like look there's a lot of people that didn't that didn't like the change of the internet there's a lot of people that didn't like the iphone but <laughs> sorry or you know or smartphones this is what the world chose so no government, right? No government, no nothing, no no centralized party can stop innovation or can stop uh, the flow of information in this information age. So at this point, really, um, th there's there's no stopping it. So, yes, uh, there's going to be fat trimmed, um, and but uh, uh, yes, they'll still be around. The industries will still be around, but they will be mostly irrelevant in their power and their and their wealth. Yeah, you brought up a, a great point that I've contemplated as a result of a comment by. Uh... American Hoddle on on, on the, my podcast, and that was that um, you know everyone hears these, everyone's heard the I don't know what the exact uh, articulation of this is, but it's like more data was created in the last sixty days or six months than all of human history. That that sort of thing, absolutely. And because you me you mentioned that this new paradigm of media has not you know has expanded you know, the entire market for media. It, it, right, right. It hasn't just like divided it up differently. It's actually dramatically expanded it because of the, the media that's uh, available. Um, and I think, you know, I don't know exactly how it's going to play out. It doesn't really make sense in my mind, but you could easily see that when this sort of technology is brought to finance and money and it's placed under the, the control and in the hands of people as media was and the infrastructure is there to you know to facilitate interaction in a similar way you know his um, his comment was like the same thing will be true like more value will be created in you know the preceding 6 months than all of human history and like that i that that comes into my brain and i nod my head cuz i'm like yes i see the analogy and it makes sense but i can't conceptualize it just because like you how could you how could you imagine you know six months of value being equivalent to the entire human history of value right so it's kind of a far out thought that we can't really wrap our heads around but it seems like it would be you know there seems to be truth to it absolutely i mean you look at these network effects you look at what happened with pcs you look what happened with the internet you look at what happened with mobile you know bitcoin is going to be no different and it will drive this innovation to the edges where like i said like you said there's going to be there's more media than ever but it's not it's not all going to these centralized corporations it's actually spread out more to the edges you know more so now there's a bazillion youtubers out there that are that are now uh, taking a piece of that media cut that only went to a very very select few same will be with bitcoin where you know we're going to have a lot of these same services and it's going to explode an innovation, but the value will not be centralized uh, and, and trapped just for a few people. It'll actually be allowed to flow to the edges. And this is what the information age and the internet itself allows is innovation and value to flow to the edges. Really, Bitcoin is what allows value to flow to the edges, but the uh, it's, it's the internet that first brought up that paradigm to allow the information to flow to the edges. And that is just really, really, really important. Again, it's going to be bigger and more spread out, but the value will not be concentrated to just a select few. It will now be a, a, allowed to really be set free. Yeah. So obviously we're bullish on Bitcoin. But what, uh, do you, if any, do you see any, uh, any, 
not concerns because I, as you've already articulated, you know, the transition will be bumpy. But like, do you see any existential threats to to Bitcoin's existence? Really, at this point, uh, like I said, Bitcoin is no longer um, um, something. It's no longer just a little school experiment. It's it's a much grander experiment now. At this point, you know, it is, it really is um, something that can't be slowed or stopped or shut down, just like the previous um, sort of global changing technologies that preceded it. But uh, some of this, there are always some kind of threats uh, out there to any type of um, new technology because there's people that. That want to not see it succeed. So you have something like a segregated internet that could be a possible um, threat that would slow down Bitcoin's growth and, and expansion. Uh, if more and more countries just start, you know, shutting off the internet to external countries to other countries, sort of like uh, China does uh, with their Chinese firewall. But as you know, there's still always ways that information can flow in the information age. So that it, it would only slow it down. It wouldn't entirely stop it. So you know, beyond uh, um, an act of God, <laughs> I mean, like you know, beyond uh, an act of God, segregated internet and a bug in the code. Uh, really, there's just not a whole lot of threats that I see uh, that could actually stop it. There's only a few things that could possibly uh, slow it down. And how does that influence you, you and your life, like in, in the way you interact with this? And the, re the reason why that question came to my mind is because like your, you know, your, your energy, like I said at the beginning of this conversation, is apparent in, in the, the content you produce, right? And like obvious, and we talked about how that's being in, at least partially fueled by, you know, um, your passion for for this thing. Um, so you know what, given that you see this big, amazing, you know, thing on the horizon that is pretty much inevitable, how does that make you feel on a day to day basis, and how does that you know cause you to kind of navigate how you want to be involved beyond what sure. you're what you're doing already? Sure. So we, of course, already went over how I already exhausted the patience of everybody I know <laughs> talking about Bitcoin. Right. So uh, so, uh, you know, at this point, uh, Bitcoin has absolutely altered my my personality. It has altered my time preference. Uh, and really, uh, I was um, I guess I was sort of primed for Bitcoin because I sort of saw the path that we were heading down this tyrannical sort of, you know, um, uh, prison planet, almost, if you will. Uh, where the entire uh, financial system is strangleholded by a very, very select few. Uh, I saw that where that uh, where that could lead us, and essentially, uh, you know, the trajectory where that could lead us down. It really wasn't until um, I got Bitcoin, like really got it in 2013, uh, that I saw hope, uh, hope for humanity and hope for this planet. So for me, really, um, my all my passion, all my enthusiasm for this project comes from the 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 belief and really the almost knowing that this is a project that will change the world for the better you know i, I was too young to be a part of the internet but if i could i would have probably been, done the same thing i'm doing now somehow with the with the early internet you know this is just um i guess part of my personality as far as trying to uh make light of uh, or bring forth uh bring information about world changing technologies this is just something uh that's uh, passionate to me like so uh, i'm all Obviously, like I said earlier in the podcast, I'm a geek, right? I'm a programmer, so technology is already something that interests me. Uh, but again, seeing that trajectory, being a technologist, and knowing that we could possibly change, uh, change, the, change the future for the better, but not having any tool to do that, then seeing Bitcoin come along, well, you can see sort of how I sort of lit up and got happy. <laughs> like, you know, I was, uh, you know, this is, um, this is something that, uh, again, this is, uh, this is. Um, alien technology this is something handed down uh something that you know we, we just couldn't even possibly predict or foresee uh centuries ago in fact it was actually predicted by some of the early economists right like like friedman in in the 90s but just i mean you know going back as early as the 70s 60s just, just there was just no way anybody could predict that we would be able to secure this type of financial system with just math you know and and on this this information and in this information age so um and to me that's what gets me up in the morning that's what excites me is the fact that this is an amazing technology and the fact that this amazing technology can bring forth a new golden age that is really the source of my passion and and how, how that affects me on a day-to-day -day life it just makes me it just allows me to sleep soundly right allows me to sleep <laughs> sleep a bit more sound um know that i have some value that i can save for my children for my children's children uh for my future family uh knowing that the world is going to be in a better place because of bitcoin because of the internet uh you know just allows you to be uh, happier in your day-to-day -day life um and and 
for that, I, I couldn't be, you know, couldn't be more thankful. And again, this is not just me who thinks this, right? This is the most of the Bitcoin community that thinks this way. So you multiply my passion, you know, times millions of people. And again, with this early days, so you multiply that by millions more in just a few more years. You know, this is this is um, why I, why my hope is so so strong for Bitcoin. Why I have this passion. Why I have this ability to, in my mind, see what could be, what could actually be the future, what could be. Because remember, everything everything physical comes from the non-physical. We all have to think about it first. Every single thing you see was created by somebody, right? So it was created by some being, some entity. So it was thought about, planned, created, blueprinted out, and then created, right? So um, this is how we create the futures. We think about it first, and we, dis we discover it, and we think about it. And it is through awesome podcasts like yours that we actually get to start sharing this information with others and then others can hop on board and, and exponentially uh, grows. So this is, you know, this is what I think is um, a cause worth believing in and a cause worth pursuing. Dude, I fucking love talking to you. But that that is actually <laughs> why that's why I asked the question, because it, in my, you know, of course, for me personally as well, you know, very, very much the same way. Um, but in, in almost all of my discussions, you know, again, people talk about behavior change in Bitcoin a lot. And I think so many of us came from because Bitcoiners are probably probably uh, are a little bit more curious than your average person because we ended up, you know, kind of seeking it out. And for that reason, but being a curious person, it also causes you, as you said, kind of, you know, when you come out into the world and you look out prior to having a tool like this, you kind of thought like, oh, Jesus, like things are pretty we are fucked screwed. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and and um you know, you find your way around that. You try to find a silver lining, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, there's kind of a cloud hanging over things. And um, the fact that this this entity, this tool has emerged and it's kind of be, been like the sun that parts the clouds and you see the potential that it might, the role that it might play in alleviating a lot of those concerns. Um, because I don't, I, I think that's a massive, massive component of this because you look around the world today and let's say the non-Bitcoiners, the, the, the no-coiners, there's a lot of uh, anxiety, nihilism, unrest, uh, hopelessness, and that has very material impacts on obviously individuals' lives, but the lives of society as those individuals, you know, band together and seek to change things in in other ways. And uh, like you, I mean, like you said, you sleep better, you wake up a little bit more excited, you go, you have, you, there's a smile on your face most of the time. You know, there's a you know, there's a lot of work to be done, but you know, you can finally, it finally seems as though the 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 fruits of your la your labor may actually bear fruit that you you know that you think is meaningful and and that and worthwhile, and so you know, I've joked before that uh, you know, an understanding of Bitcoin should be kind of an instrumental part of. Uh, of you know any kind of psychotherapy session or people dealing with uh, anxiety depression and that kind of stuff and like i said it originally kind of joking but if we dig down into it i mean what is the source of a lot of anxiety depression um whatever you know of course diet plays a role past traumas plays a role all that kind of stuff but looking out at the world and thinking this doesn't look good. I don't see my place in this world and I don't know how I'm going to derive happiness or meaning from this world and this context and this circumstance that I find myself in. Well, if we if we kind of agree that that's a big reason why we're seeing a lot of the the dissatisfaction and unrest and nihilism in, in society today, then, you know, a little red pill on Bitcoin would probably be a lot better than a little red pill of Prozac or whatever the fuck else is being uh, prescribed. Absolutely. I mean, it really all comes down to lack of education. I mean, that's what it all comes down to. If people only knew a little bit more about who they are, about why they're here, about the world itself, about what money is, about why we do what we do, uh, you know, they would they would definitely rest a little bit easier. There's just such a huge lack of education. We are just pumped right through that 12 years of school without even learning how to uh, balance a checkbook and then stuck right into McDonald's, you know, right. serving up burgers. Like there is literally no education on spirituality, no education on finance, no education on history, no education on astronomy, no education on, uh, uh, on even philosophy. There's no philosophy in school. Like, so how are, how are you supposed to be happy when you don't even really know what happiness is? And so if you seek out this information, if you are a seeker, which some people are, some people are, you will find these things. But if you don't even know that they, uh, that they exist, how will you, how can you even start seeking? And so for me, like, you know, when I knew about the current tra traditional financial system, and then I found about Bitcoin, like I started seeking Bitcoin hard. I started seeking everything I could find about Bitcoin because of what I knew about the traditional financial system. But that was only because of, 
um, of a curiosity that I then wanted to uh, fulfill and educate myself and could, thankfully, to the to the uh, technology of the Internet, thanks thanks to the Internet itself, where I, I would might, might not be able to find this information in a library, in a right. hundred libraries, if, right. I, if I tried to a hundred years ago, right? So, so you have to, yes, obviously have the, the, the curiosity, but the Internet now allows anybody to find out this information, to allow anybody to find out the secrets of the universe, literally, uh, this information is out there. You can you can Google this, and you can find out this because so, there's somebody that wants you to know. There is people out there that want you to know about how to balance your checkbook, about about the history of mankind, about the history of this planet, about where we are, about what this what this physical reality actually is, because it's far far more amazing and beautiful than anything ever depicted in a Hollywood movie. I assure you. And so when you start seeking this information, when you start getting this curiosity and you, and you put, present something like Bitcoin in front of somebody, that can really kickstart their curiosity, which can then kickstart their journey of seeking, which can then, of course, ultimately uh, bring them where they need to be. And that is the key. That is the golden key is, you know, is to, is, is, is to have abundance, is to have whatever you need when you need it. And you can only do that if you are curious, if you do start to seek. And um, there's just the traditional system that we find ourselves in now doesn't make that very easy. Yeah, it's a phenomenal point. And I, I actually think a lot about education, you know, because when I was in school, you know, I've always been like uber curious. And so I was always like, why the fuck are we learning? This? this is bullshit, you know. And so I, I would do a ton of extracurricular reading on a variety of different subjects just to scratch my own itch. But I think today, you know, with the technology that we have available now and that we will continue to that that will continue to evolve in the future, I actually have a little like note on Evernote, but I was thinking maybe, you know, doing a GitHub thing or something for like a curriculum, like a K to 12. Like what what would it look like if you were like someone, you know, you took a 5-year-old today and you said, "What would the, ed the best education for them look like? What sprinkling of philosophy? What sprinkling of financial management? What sprinkling of emotional understanding? Because we're going into a future where, you're, you know, you're right, we're going to have access to, you know, all human information and knowledge, all the information, you know, everything. So, and we're seeing this today, I think, in many ways in society, in that we're no longer suffering from, uh, you know, lack of uh, information or or difficulty in obtaining it, as you referenced, like, you know, before we might have had to go to 10 different libraries just to learn about, you know, ancient Egypt or whatever. Now it's all at our fingertips. So the real skill is going to, do you, do you have the, you know, the emotional stability? Do you have the, the sense, do you have the ability, you know, and whatever, whatever is required to have that ability to, you know, to assess information properly and then make decisions uh, and or observe patterns or whatever based on that. You know, so in school, there should be, you know, teaching about how should you be assessing information when it's so easily accessible and there's so many p opinions and people saying various things in society. What should be your approach to decision making based on the available data? Like that's a very and we see this in so many things today, whether we're talking about the guns or the climate debate or all this kind of stuff. It's like, how should you be making decisions based on the available data? Like, and if we, re if everyone confronting these issues really asked themselves that question, I think we'd get a much different response than what we're seeing generally in society. Yeah, I mean, people are beginning to rethink education in this information age. But here's the funny part. Here's the kicker. We already knew this for centuries. You know, we already knew actually teach our kids like it should be philosophy it should be mathematics it should be astronomy it should be music it should be the the basics of all the in history the basics of all of these fundamentals what what has happened is that that education is essentially has been um you know turned upside down it has been uh, gutted it has been perverted and, and and reduced to this fiat education system where they only teach you the very very basics reading writing arithmetic for 12 years yeah. And it's just absolutely insane. And so there is so technically what we're rediscovering is that or what we're discovering is that we we already knew what to do. We're rediscovering how to teach our children because of the information age, because the information is now allowed to flow. Uh, we, we, we figure we're starting to figure out it's like, oh, wait a second. We used to teach our kids music. We used to teach our kids philosophy. We th People did this in Rome. This is this is what an average school day was. Wow. Uh, this is all quite different from what we have today and we can discover this now because we have the world's information in its entirety at our at our fingertips so yeah i'm, I'm hopeful uh, that's another thing that hopeful. i mean really it's just the internet that, that allows to allows and gives me hope for almost everything to do with the future of this planet because that is the, where you'll find the truth the truth is in the information and thanks to the thanks to the, things like the internet and bitcoin we can now actually 
find and discover the truth for ourselves. It can no longer be hidden entirely. The internet is going is going to and continue to bring light to, to the darkness in this planet. Yeah, totally agree. Um, dude, how much time do you have left? Uh, I, I, I think we can wrap it up. I got to get going. Okay, I'm just going to finish off. I won't ask you the typical rapid fire questions, but I'll, I'll, get, oh, the, I'll get the word association out of you because the, the other ones might take 10 or 15 minutes, but I'll just do this one quick. It'll take like two, two <laughs> seconds. So uh, this, no this part, I just say a word. You tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. All right, let's do it. Satoshi Nakamoto. Freedom. Government. Oppression. Hash rate. Truth. The individual. Everything. Security. Need more of it. <laughs> Ego. Prevalent in everybody. Greed. What drives us forward? Stacking sats. S intelligence. <laughs> IQ test. <laughs> Fiat currency. Control. Guns. Freedom. Altcoins. Um, what do you call it? Um, penny stocks. Pizza. Love. <laughs> Socialism. <laughs> Uh, confusion. Family. What do you call it? Uh, I had to wear my mind. Now I just forgot about it. Something uh, support, supporting, you know. Support. Let's do support. Trump. Trump. Uh, Trump. Um, <laughs> hilarity. Future. Bright. Libra. <laughs> Control. Bitcoin. Freedom. Man, uh, I'm sure we could speak for three, four hours. So we'll, we'll have to save that for another time. Because uh, yeah, I mean, I, we 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 barely took a breath that whole that, that whole hour, and uh, I really enjoyed it, man. I uh, I knew this was going to be a good one, but uh, just a great way to start my day for sure. So thanks for coming on. Um, Absolutely. Did, did you... I wish it could stay longer. So I really appreciate the time. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll we'll do it again for sure. I can already tell. But is there any anywhere you want to direct people or you know anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. So you, know, you can definitely find uh, all of my work at, at my website uh, at um, theonevortex.com, all spelled out, theonevortex.com. And the majority of my uh, thoughts, of course, are placed on Twitter uh, over there at theonevortex, all spelled out again. And uh, that's where you can find everything from uh, the CryptoCast YouTube channel to all of my uh, appearances on other podcasts like this one here. And uh, all of my, basically all of my thoughts are <laughs> put on Twitter at this point. So I do, again, try to keep the feed to have uh, to educational and have a lot of information because there's just so much great information out there. Uh, I, I discovered a lot of people out there, uh, you know, like Plan B uh, and, and and other and other uh, projects that uh, and and ideas that hopefully uh, more and more people can learn from and and expand upon. So that is really uh, what, what the account is about, and I encourage everybody to check it out. Awesome, man. Well, look, keep up the great work, and I uh, I look forward to our our conversation sometime in the future. Thanks so much, man. I had a great time. Thanks. All right, brother. Take care of yourself.